Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, this is Ibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I'm also the host of Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, and I'm the editor of the anthology, which you should run out and buy, called Moms Don't Have Time to, a quarantine anthology. All proceeds of that book go to COVID-19 vaccine research. And I'm the editor-in-chief of Moms Don't Have Time to Write, a new publication on Medium. And we're accepting submissions, so please send your personal essays there. And if all that isn't enough, you can follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens, and my website is zibbyowens.com. Okay, now back to this amazing podcast. I'm delighted to introduce you all to Noah Tishby, if you don't know her. She is the author of Israel, A Simple Guide to the Most Misunderstood Country on Earth. And this conversation was actually taped live. I had a little lunch for her, and there were about, I don't know, 20, 30 women in the room. And so every so often you'll hear laughter and comments and things like that. But I did the interview in that format to kind of get people to get to know Noah in a new context. I was introduced to her by Polly Levine, who is a friend of my mom's. And anyway, so that's why it might sound a little different than the usual podcast. But Noah is an Israeli-American author, actress, producer, and activist, born and raised in Tel Aviv, Israel. She got her start in the Israeli entertainment industry in the original musical, David. She had a drama scholarship from Tel Aviv Museum of Art and then went on to appear in Israel's leading TV shows, films, theater, and ad campaigns, becoming a household name. 
She recently appeared in the Showtime drama The Affair and completed shooting on the third season of her talk show, Life by Noah Tishby. As a producer, she made history with the sale of In Treatment to HBO, which, by the way, I loved. That was the first Israeli television show to become an American series. She co-produced the 12 Emmy and Golden Globe-nominated and Peabody Award-winning In Treatments alongside Mark Wahlberg and Stephen Levinson. In Treatment is currently in its fourth season. With that first sale, she created a market that didn't exist before, the sale of Israeli TV formats in the U.S. Following In Treatment, she formed and headed a joint venture between ITV Studios U.S., and Israel's major network, Rochette, to develop, create, and produce TV content made in Israel for the international market. Socially and politically passionate, Tishbi founded, or Noah founded, the first Israel-focused online advocacy and rapid response organization called ACT for Israel, and has become a powerful voice for Israel and the Middle East. She initiated a partnership with the Schusterman Foundation and Summit Series, and co-created Reality Israel, a series of leadership trips to Israel for Jews and non-Jews alike. So listen to our episode and you will find out so much more about her and her very strong opinions. Welcome, Noah. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to talk about Israel, a simple guide to the most understood, to the most misunderstood country, <laughs> not most understood, most misunderstood country on earth. Thank you so much for having me. If it was understood, I wouldn't have had to write the book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We could just all throw it out. Exactly. Yeah, why bother? Exactly. But instead, let's have a lunch about it. Let's. So, <laughs> let's. So you described really well in your book why you are the person to write this and why we should all care. Mm-hmm. So can you just tell everybody a little bit about your background and why you're the perfect person to write this book. It's not so much that I'm... (laughs) There are a lot of perfect people to write this book, but I just want to make sure that when people read the book, they're confident that they're not reading a history of Israel, which is obviously uh, slightly complicated by somebody who doesn't have the background. So I had to make sure that I explained to people that, yes, I'm... First first of all, I'm Israeli-American, so I was born and raised in Israel, and I live in the United States, and I started my career in entertainment industry as an actor and producer and a writer and a model and whatever. However... I've been involved in Israel advocacy, politics, behind the scenes, NGOs, organizations for over a decade. So I was the first uh, person to start the first online advocacy and rapid response organization, trying to (laughs) explain to people that what's happening online is not true. That happened in 2011. Luckily, it just gotten better since now gotten way worse. So I wanted to make sure that people are, they know that they can trust me with the story. It's not like a novelty project. They're like, oh, this producer just decided to write a book about Israel. I'm like, no, no, no. I've been doing this for a very long time. So that's the answer to that. And to why would people care is extremely important in my view, because this is not, Israel is not And I know this may sound controversial for people, right? But Israel is not a Jewish topic or an issue. Israel is not a Jewish American. Israel is not about even just an Israeli issue. Israel is important for the national security of the United States. Israel is a stabilizing force in the Middle East. And everybody in the Middle East knows this, except Iran and the social justice warriors in the United States, like legitimately. Those two people have, for some reason, entities have, for some reason, joined forces and are acting towards dismantling the single consistent democracy in the Middle East, delegitimizing its right to exist. And they are allowed to do this 
First of all, it's intentional. It's not by accident, it's by design. And we've been, and I say we because we've been, a few of us in the advocacy world and in NGOs and in research, we've been trying to warn people about this for a long time. We're like, there is something bad that's happening. It's intentional, it's well-funded, it's political, and it's going to bite us. And it came out in this conflict, in the most, the recent conflict with Israel and Hamas in the most obvious of ways, but it's been going on for a very long time. And by not supporting Israel, especially progressives and liberals, they're destabilizing the security of the United States. So that was very important to me to write and to make clear, which is why people should care. The reason this was allowed to happen is because of lack of education. The reason that this was allowed to happen is because there are a lot of people on the other side, which is nefarious, well-funded, anti-democratic, anti-Israel, anti-values, anti-United you know, States and Western values that is well-funded. And on the pro-Israel side, especially within the Democrats, within the left, unfortunately, there has been a like a sense of confidence and the, we've been very lucky to not need to know. So within our community, and I say our community and like the Jewish community, the non-Jewish community, the pro-Israel community that is not Jewish, just to be the normal people, right? No, none of us thought that Israel would be a questionable issue. And because we allowed ourselves to not know the history, we allowed these nefarious forces that have an intent to penetrate, okay? So I wrote the book in order to first and foremost educate the people that want to know. Jewish community, non-Jewish community, people that are like, I'm watching social media and I don't know a lot, but I don't think it makes is I don't think Israel is a genocidal state. Like I don't think Israel is causing ethnic cleansing, but I really don't know how to answer that question. Like I really don't think that's true, but I don't know what to say about it. This is what the book is for. Get your facts right, get you educated, and then you'll be able to actually know, first of all, what it is that you should say, and second, why this is all happening. We were talking earlier about sort of underdog culture, mm -hmm. yeah, to your point, yeah. and, it, and that people maybe on social media are leaning against this viewpoint because they want to support, they view Israel somehow as not the underdog yeah. at all. They, perceive, they being, perceive it as the strong, and it's not that it's weak. Israel's not weak, but presenting, first of all, the narrative that you have to be either pro-Israel or pro-Palestine is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. This is like one-sided, It's again, it's intentional. Not a single person within Israel or within the pro-Israel community is like, would say, I'm against Palestinians. It's ridiculous, right? So first and foremost, right? Like nobody would say that. So first and foremost, that's the case. And they're trying to present it as if you're either or. Like you literally, you post on social media, Shabbat Shalom, and you get Palestinian flags <laughs> in return. Like what had, what happened? I'm asking, that's rhetorical actually, know what happened? You read the book, you'll see what happened, right? Um, this was, I mean, seriously, the, in the, the book is like, the fact that the book came out on April, on April 6th and the war happened a month later and every single tweet Bella Hadid put out there is addressed in the book. It was like shocking to, to us because we knew this was coming. I knew this was coming. It was the reason that I wrote the book, but the quickness in which this happened and the not just anti-Israel, but the anti-Semitic attacks, like actual, not like online, you know, what Eve Barlow actually dubbed online uh, social media pogrom, which couldn't be more true. Like it's a pogrom. They're trying to ex they're, they're trying to get vo Jewish and pro-Israeli and pro-Jewish voices 
out of social media and like you can't even say no to anti-Semitism right now because you get hate for it. What happened? Why is this, right? So the fact that it happened so quickly was was shocking. And the fact that it went from this kind of woke conversation of like, I am supporting the perceived underdog to attacks on Jews all over the United States uh, needs to make us all pause and rethink where, you know, where we're going with this. So, so who are the they that you keep talking about? Let me get to that in a second. It's very important. It's actually very important. But to, to, to answer to the question again on the perceived underdog, there is no technically Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Okay? I know. Right? It's not an Israeli-Palestinian conflict. It's an Israeli-Arab world conflict. And it has been going on for nearly a century. And the Arab world, which knows this, right, and is starting to backtrack away from this, hence the Abraham Accord and, and all these like deals that are happening, right? The Arab world as a whole, 21 countries, give or take, trying to kill Israel, depending on the year, right? Sometimes it's this country, sometimes it's that country, sometimes it's Egypt, and then it's Hamas, and then it's this, it's that. But essentially, Israel has been under attack for a century, right? And it's all 21 Arab countries around that have been kind of, I'm not implicating all of them at the same time, but the Arab League as a whole has been very anti-Israel and unfortunately have been using the Palestinians as a pawn in this game. Because if one of these rich Arab countries in the region would have liked to solve this conflict 50 years ago, they could have but they chose not to. So they took the poor Palestinian people and they put them in refugee camps in Lebanon and in Jordan and this and that and that. They were like, wait just a second, we're not solved. The war is not over. 1948 never happened. This war of independence that Israel did not want, did not start and won, right? They were kind of in a, in a concerted effort going, yeah, just, just, let's just, let's just, we don't care. We have all the oil money, we're good. You guys just stay in your refugee camps. We're not going to repopulate you and like reintegrate you into society. Let's just wait with this and see what happens. We're playing the long game. So this is not an Israeli-Palestinian conflict. It's an Israeli-Arab world conflict. It needs to be viewed that way. And when you view it that way and you have a country of 9 million people within the Middle East, a single consistent democracy within the Middle East with 21% Arab-Israeli-Palestinian population in it that have more rights than in pretty much every other country in the region have more freedoms, specifically women, not to mention LGBTQ plus community, right? When you view it that way, who is the David and who is the Goliath? You've got 9 million people and then nearly 300 million people around 21 countries. You've got 8,000 square miles, 8,000 square miles, and like the entire region around that's conspiring to take out the one Jewish state, the one Democrat, dem democracy in the region, and it's like, if Israel's not there, Iran is taken over. Like, there's no doubt about, look, Congressman Richie Torres is waving his head. Sorry, I'm just giving, you know, yeah. Iran is taken over. These, this is like all these forces that are pretending to be about pro, like pro-Palestinian and Palestinian rights. They're supporting illiberal voices within the Middle East. And again, everything is shifting in the Middle East. Like all these countries right now, the the, the UAE and, and Bahrain and in Morocco and Sudan, the conversation. Like all these countries are aligning with Israel because everybody in the Middle East, they're basically willing to say publicly what everybody in the Middle East already knows. Israel is really not the biggest problem in the Middle East. Iran is. 
Iran is, period, end of story. So the David and Goliath that is a mistaken narrative that is sold to uneducated American on social media and some freaking supermodels that think they're Robert Meacham all of a sudden, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, seriously, really, is so twisted and so dangerous because they're mouthpiecing, they're, they're being mouthpieces for illiberal, radical voices in the Middle East that are laughing their asses off because this has all succeeded beyond their wildest dreams. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. No. Yes. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's okay. In, in the podcast, we have an audience. I'm going to explain like, that. Great. I'll remind people now. An There's an audience here. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> so... Obviously, part of the strategy is education yeah. and trying to dispel all the misperceptions that are out there. What else is there on the table that everybody can do to make sure that all of the anti-Semitism and all of the anti-Israel and this new cool, like, let's not... This new... Right? I call this it in the book, this new hip social justice cause. Mm. Yes. It's called anti-Zionism. <laughs> it's adorable. Yeah, it goes something like this. I'm not anti-Semitic. I'm just an anti-Zionist, mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, because that stems from not understanding what Zionism is, not understanding. Well, like, this is like a whole, and we have to get back to the who is behind it, because it's very important. So, first of all, just for everybody's kind of like background understanding, I always say this. We, as the pro-Israel and Jewish and non-Jewish community, need to be able to answer, what is Zionism, right? Why are you Zionist? So, Zionism is a movement for Jewish liberation and self-determination in a Jewish, not an exclusively Jewish state, okay? Jewish, Zionism is a movement for Jewish liberation, self-determination in a Jewish, not an exclusively Jewish state. It never, ever, ever talks about an exclusive state, exclusively Jewish state. We'll get to that in a second. Zionism is about the Jews, like any other people, allowed to self-govern in their tiny piece of ancestral land. That's it. The Jews are allowed to have a state. So how can you be against that? is the question. Like if you, because a lot of people would say like, oh, Zionism is offensive to me, right? It's ridiculous to be offended by a meaning that you gave to a word, right? Like I'm super offended by this microphone. Like, but this microphone is so offensive to me, I can't, please don't say the word microphone because I'm offended. It's crazy, right? It's like the feminism, right? Men are like, it's so aggressive. No, feminists, but equal rights for women. It's if you choose to get offended by it, that's your story in your head. So those people, which we'll get to in a second, have been working for years to brand Zionism something that it is not. So now saying you're a Zionist is like the word Zionism, it turned into a slur, which is again, crazy. Zionism is a progressive movement. Movement It was designed to progress Jews away from persecutions and thousands of years of oppressions and progress them into self-governance. And it worked out beyond belief, right? It's almost like we're victims to our own success in that sense. So that's number one. The people behind this, okay? So there are a couple of different kind of awful forces that are working together. This whole thing originated in Soviet propaganda, okay? This whole thing originated in the Durban conference in 2001, in which the Soviet Union basically, it, it leans on the Soviets passing a UN resolution that Zionism is racism. Again, Zionism is not racism because in Zionism, in every founding document of Zionism, they always talk about equality, 
to every ethnicity, race, sex, this, that, like literally in Herzl's book, Alt Neuland, which is the founding document of Zionism, which was written in 1902, he talks about the Arabs in the region and the Arabs, like it's never is about exclusively Jewish state, okay? By the way, in 1902, Herzl also talks about like equality for blacks. Like in 1902, he writes that the blacks, like the Jews, deserve to, so, you know, why are they being treated like that because of the color of their skin? Like that, that book couldn't be more like, it's so liberal, it's almost, it's almost you know, delusional in how liberal it is. So these are the founding documents of Zionism. But the, United, the Soviet Union was the one who pushed in the United Nations this resolution that Zionism is racism. And they used Nazi propaganda. So literally would take posters of Nazi propaganda saying the Jews control X, Y, and Z, the Jews did da 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 and change the word to the Zionists. The Zionists did da-da-da, the Zionists did da-da-da-da, right? So taking something that it isn't, turning it into a propaganda that is anti-Semitic, in essence, completely anti-Semitic. So then this resolution passed and then it got dismantled in like the early 90s, I think in 91. And in 2001, there was a conference in Durban, South Africa, which was called the, the Conference for Racism, right? It was the United Nations Conference Against Racism. That conference was taken over by anti-democratic countries. Also remember, in the United Nations, bless their heart, 53%. Of 50% of the country of the countries that are member state in the United Nations are non-democratic. A lot of them don't want Israel to exist, so they pass all these resolutions that give the anti-Israel movement an air of legitimacy, as if oh well the United Nations passed it, it should be okay. No, not at all. So the Durban conference became so anti-Israel that the United States and Israel walked out because it literally was confiscated and taken over. And this was the origination of this attempt to brand Israel an apartheid state. So they took all that language from Soviet Union propaganda and they're like, hmm, we tried to kill Israel with military force, didn't work. We tried to kill Israel with terrorism and, you know, didn't work. Let's try to literally delegitimize the state's existent, existence and try to actually dismantle it. So they took that language from the Soviet, from Soviet propaganda and, and this entire campaign to brand it an apartheid state using the same kind of like tools of South Africa. To brand Israel an apartheid state, when you look at the rights that Arabs are getting there, when literally the third largest party in Israel is Arab and an Arab parliament member right now was the reason for the existence of the part of the government, like he, Mansour Abbas, who's a, as an Arab party member within Israel, he literally was the linchpin. He was sitting there like deciding on whether or not the Israeli government would get created. To call that apartheid, it's an insult to anti-apartheid movements, right? But that's what's happened. That language created the basics for the language of a movement called BDS. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. BDS stands for Boycott, Divestment, and Sanctions. It was a movement that was recreated, whatever, long story, it's all in the book, in 2005. <coughs> and the attempt was to put the same pressure on Israel as they did to South Africa, boycott Israel in academia, in finance, investments, research, in, in every way, in, in companies, boycotting companies coming in and whatever. They made a conclusion that American youth is impressionable and not educated enough. And they decided to put their entire effort, or majority of it, on campuses. So they started infiltrating campuses in plain sight, just sitting there with tabling things. And instead of saying what they were actually about, because the founders of BDS don't even hide that they're after dismantling Israel. Like, they're not, they don't hide it. There are videos all over. That's what, that's, that is what they are after, okay? Instead of doing that, they flipped the language and started using this woke language of justice and freedom. So literally selling this on campus, saying, Palestinian lives matter too, right? Bringing in all these people and activists and social justice organizations like BLM, like the Women's March, like rape victim organizations, for crying out loud, like rape victim organizations are now under the, the BDS tent supporting BDS, which is funded by people who support Sharia law. We'll get to that in a second. Which is literally the embodiment of rape culture. Like, there is no women's rights in, like, a Sharia society. Come on. And I'm saying this as a liberal because liberals have a tendency to be like, oh, we're not going to criticize any religion. No, 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 no. By not criticizing the bad shit that's happening around Sharia, around the literal administration of Islam, you're, living, you're, you're leaving the liberal voices within that community out to dry. Like, you're leaving them out, you're leaving them out to dry. So all these groups and all these movements are now under, like BDS just basically infiltrated into, BLM is one of the worst. It's, one of, it's unbelievable that it actually happens. BLM supporters, they don't know what it is that they're supporting. They don't realize. And it's not just that, it's even like the Jews don't realize. Like Sarah Silverman, right? She posted TikTok like a few, a couple of months ago. And she's like, talks about whatever, whatever. She's like, am I for BDS? Yeah, of course I'm for BDS. I'm like, no, you're not. You're really not. You just, but she doesn't know. I don't think that it's, I don't, and I say this in the book a lot. I have a chapter I always say in, in, in my book, if you read one chapter in my book, just read BDS. Because that, that'll give you what you need to know, right? And, and, she, and she's like, well, as long as we understand that BDS is about like the policy and the government and the policy. And I'm like, no, but that's the thing. They're literally cloaking their dagger 
It's a movement where people with bad faith prey on those with bad knowledge. And what happened beyond their wildest dreams is because they used intersectionality, right, to infiltrate these social justice movements. So they came to BLM and they're like, oh, Palestinian lives matter too. It's white on brown oppression, right? First of all, false premise, because Israel's not white. Israel's just not white. 21% of Israelis, 31% of Israelis actually define themselves as Eastern European. They were using what we see in America, which is a lot of American Jews are um, from Eastern European descent. So they were like, it's white on, you know, it's white on brown oppression. Richie was amazing and actually said that verbatim, and I quote you now. So, you know, this is, if any, it's like brown on brown oppression, if you really want to kind of go down that road, which is not even true to begin with. But like they use false narrative to infiltrate these social justice movements. And unfortunately, what happens is that black culture is pop culture and BLM is black culture. And this just infiltrated social media and like the infiltrated our pop culture and our social media in the most extreme way that I think shook anyone who's Jewish, not Jewish, anybody who likes democracy should have been really, really bothered by this. And we should really be bothered by this. Yeah, again, bearer of bad news. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Here we are. I think you were coming to like a fun lunch. I'm like, we're hot. <laughs> but there has to be something. There has to be some antidote. There has to be something to, to counteract these forces. Otherwise, it's just too... Well, Otherwise, then what? Or well, like, where do you see this going? Where, where is the logical extension of what's happening? I think the good thing that happened now is that a lot of people woke up first and foremost. So a lot of people realized that, again, whether they knew what was happening or whether they were surprised, whether they have the information or whether they don't, a lot of people that don't have the information were like, I don't think this is right. Like, I don't, I don't know enough to kind of counter this, but what's, I mean, what I'm seeing on social media right now is not right, right? So number one is really educate yourself. It really is. It, re it really, really is. Because you have to know, you have to know what to answer. And you have to know for yourself, right? And number two, I think personally, I'm, I'm going to go after BDS. I think they need to be ousted from every normal society, from every campus. I, in my book, I go down, you know, there's, there's like a, there are congressional hearings by terrorism finance experts who are calling on Congress to research their sources of funding. And, and literally showing from, there's an organization called AMP and American Muslims for Palestine, AJP and student, SJP, Students for Justice in Palestine, where you track them down and this, these people have spent years tracking the where the money comes from. It leads you to this organization called the Holy Land Foundation, which was designated a terrorist organization for passing $12.5 million to Hamas and dismantled seven of its founders who were sentenced to jail. Two of them fled the country. Five of them actually sat in prison. One of them got released and now he's in Turkey, like organizing stuff for Hamas. His daughter writes like pieces in the New York Times. Long story, right? But all those people are the people that are like through this sophisticated umbrella are sponsoring your online, like your on-campus BDS campaign in plain sight, in plain sight. And well-intended young liberal Americans are going, yeah, totally, let's support you guys, not realizing you're about to dismantle the single consistent democracy in the entire region, the only country in the region in which you can go on the beach with your same-sex compo and make out and nobody's gonna do anything. like. Bella Hadid cannot have a career anywhere else other than in Israel. How is everything she's saying not getting consequences? How is she not putting together 
what she's saying to like anti-Semitic attacks that are happening. I feel what? like you should call her. <laughs> I tried. They wouldn't care, you know. I, I mean, I, I don't personally know her, but you know, it's just, it, it really, it's, again, this is not about Jewishness. It's about American values. It's not, you don't have to be Jewish to support Israel. You have to understand the region and understand what the, the, the forces at B are and see who supports your values, not who has a better meme. So, but the danger, of course, is that if you are outspoken about this, then you get canceled yourself. Oh, yeah. I'm uncancelable. <laughs> you know why, by the way? Because I just don't care. Not because I'm, I, people are like, oh, are you getting hate? I'm like, yes. But then again, I've been doing this since like at least 2011. I had Radio Hamas started following me in 2011 on Twitter. I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> you know, wait. But I'm, I'm used to this. And to me, it's like history will judge where you, your alliances stood, right? I know that if I can sit and talk to anybody or people would actually read the book or do the work Richie did, like kind of get yourself educated, you'd be like, whoa, 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 yeah, hang on a minute. I don't think this is right. So I personally am not afraid because uh, you know, I'm telling the truth with a cunning use of facts, you know, and I'm not going to shut up. So there's no canceling somebody who doesn't, isn't willing to shut up. So where are you going to take this? I feel like, why are you not in trying to be in the government or like, what, what else can you do? Like, wh where are you going with this? <laughs> <laughs> It's a great question. Uh, there, 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 there are a bunch of there are plans, but right now I think the most important thing for me is to get as many people as possible educated on the facts as they possibly can. So if you don't, it was important to me to write a book about Israel that makes it easy to understand. Because people are like, oh my God, it's so complicated. I'm like, no, it actually isn't. <laughs> it actually isn't. It's just that nobody was able to communicate it in a way that people go, oh, all right, fine. And I've done this for many years so I was able to find a way I knew how to do this so get as many people as possible educated as many people as I can educated through the book through talks through this podcast there's um I think if I can help it BDS's days are numbered so that is something that we all need to kind of be very focused on and kind of be like all right because if you look at what's happening that the, all the social media stuff if you track it back 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 you get to BDS and if you track back 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 from media sponsors and proponents, you know, proponents, you'd find people that are at best Hamas sympathizers, if not worse. But I'm just going to say at best sympathize with the cause of Hamas. So we have a lot of work to do. We need a big, this is a big ship that needs to be turned around in America. I do believe that out of 10, you know, out of 10 people that are on the, let's say, normal liberal, normal conservatives, like not on the crazy sides, just willing to listen, whether conservatives or liberals, doesn't matter. I believe that out of eight out of 10 are completely open to changing their minds and listening. Two out of the 10 are, have been radicalized on, you know, Israel is a genocide state and doesn't matter what you tell them, including the numbers of Palestinians that were there when Israel was formed, which was 150,000, and now they're like 2.9 million. So again, the worst genocide ever, right? Two out of those 10 
they're, they've been radicalized and it's fine, but I do believe that eight out of those 10 are willing to listen and willing to get themselves educated and don't think that Israel's a big bad wolf and willing to listen to the, the, the whole story. And coming from me, I am a liberal, so the book is very balanced in that sense. Like I talk about the bad shit about Israel too, because no country is perfect. <laughs> It'd be ridiculous to say like, Israel has never done wrong. <sighs> Did America ever do wrong? I mean, come on, and we love this country. So I feel like this book addresses a lot of people's concerns and it gives a very kind of concise and hopefully fun and definitely easy to read history of, of the country. And just one last question. What about the parents who are concerned about what their kids are posting? Oh, God. Because a lot of moms have said to me, you know, my kids yeah. are posting things or, you know, I've had somebody send me a PowerPoint presentation of all the slides of their son's, like, posts. Is something going to happen to my son for saying this? Or what saying if I what? Which, well, which... he was pro-Israel, but right. very outspoken yeah. in a way and sort of, I don't know, in a way that made her very nervous because mm-hmm. it was very provocative. But then on the other side, people who have children who are very woke and want to support what all their friends are doing and posting on social media and not totally understanding. What do you do as the parent? Or what do you think we all as parents have the obligation to do? Well, first of all, get them to read the book because it has, it uses the word, you know, the F word a few times. So, you know, just to make sure people are awake. <laughs> so they won't feel like they're like dragged into some so history. F- about F word is a selling point of this book. For a certain generation, okay, yes, right, absolutely. Yes, right, I right. actually had a very, very, very famous and, and important like reporter, historian, whatever. And he's like, you used it so well. It's very strategic. <laughs> You know, because okay. you kind of wake up if you think you're asleep. So it's so New marketing. Tech. Yeah. Okay. Just a little bit. Just, <laughs> right. It's just hidden in there. The first name of the book was actually WTF is Israel. Huh. Yeah. But I was advised to not <laughs> hey, tone it down. So the thing I, I think that for parents, first of all, make sure your kids are educated. I think there's a whole thing about like Jewish schools as well that I think is problematic. And I think that we didn't give as the in the in the Jewish world, we didn't give our kids enough information to actually deal with the outside world. A lot of people looked at this BDS on campus thing as like, oh, it's fine, they'll grow out of it. You know, it's just on campus. But what they didn't understand, it's like this is an impressionable age that literally embedding in them what they think for life, right? And we didn't do a good enough job explaining to them to begin with. So I definitely say, I definitely think that that is important. And also I think maybe in a kind of like a lighter kind of way, not to worry that much about what the kids post because in our perception, it's like, oh my God, this is crazy. And in their perception, it's like, yeah, who cares? You know, it's out there and then it's, I can delete it or whatever. Not, we know that it's always out there, but they're way more, they don't have a problem with privacy as, as we did growing up. To them, it's not even a concept that needs to be watched or cared for or whatever. So, but definitely get them educated. And the woke kids, you know, just know that Hamas sympathizers have got, already got to them. If not through actual, the actual campaign, but then through the social media kind of duplication and like this hip new social justice cause called anti-Zionism. Okay. Well, <laughs> thanks for coming on Mom's Start Time to Read. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.